Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell broadcasts hot air on MSNBC, but not so much hot air as Democratic Senator Chris Murphy or House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. We will examine the shameless gas baggery of our leaders. Then across the pond, the UK's Prince Andrew sweats over questions about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, who didn't kill himself. A New Zealand hunter gets death threats for killing her own food, and conservatives' favorite chicken restaurant gives in to the leftist mob. All that and more. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Some people are just catching wind of Eric Swalwell's appearance on MSNBC last night, but a whistleblower showed that Eric Swalwell passed gas on live television. Swalwell himself has been gaslighting on the subject and insisting that it never happened. But something about his denial just doesn't smell right. Listen for yourself. The evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. Now that, I know it's sometimes it's hard to figure out when it's just Eric Swalwell talking and when he literally passed gas on television. Sometimes it's very confusing. It would appear to me that he did in fact break wind on national television. This is trending on Twitter as hashtag fartgate. I'm sorry that I even have to say that publicly, but it was the top trend on Twitter for many, many hours yesterday. I love Eric Swalwell. I just love him so much. I don't really have very much to say about the incident itself. It's very, very, very unfortunate. It's probably the worst thing I could possibly imagine having happen if you're on national television. But one of the keys to Eric Swalwell is that he feels no shame. One of the key defining characters of Eric Swalwell is he is just completely oblivious to his own absurdity. So he does this and you could all hear it. And then Eric Swalwell uh, comes back and says, no, that wasn't me. I don't know who it was. It, uh, it obviously was, by the way. If you just look at the clip, he becomes physically uncomfortable during it. So it would appear that it was Eric Swalwell. But, you know, he just keeps trucking on, trucking on. And what is really incredible is that that clip, literally breaking wind, was not the most absurd thing that Eric Swalwell did on television all day. Eric Swalwell then goes back on television, he's on CNN, and he insists with a straight face, that President Trump needs to be thrown out of office because he conspired with a foreign power to steal the 2016 election. Here he is. But the House Speaker seems to have already made up her mind about impeaching the president. What say you? I have not, and I don't think she has either, but the evidence points in one direction, that this president leveraged our taxpayer dollars to have the Ukrainians help him cheat an election. And he has had every opportunity to send in witnesses that would show his innocence, and he has blocked those witnesses from coming forward. And so we can only conclude that that's where the evidence is going. Too early to re reach an ultimate conclusion, uh, Wolf, but uh, the president has an opportunity to send over the witnesses we've asked for. Is that so, Eric Swalwell? You, Eric Swalwell, a Democrat, a member of a party that purchased foreign intelligence from an operative team, Fusion GPS, during the 2016 election. You went in, paid off former journalists to work with a foreign intelligence officer to dig up dirt on Donald Trump. You then 
used the power of the state illegally to spy on the opponent's campaign. You actually colluded to try to steal the 2016 election. You were going to accuse President Trump of doing that very same thing. That's what they're doing. The left always does this, by the way. The left always accuses the right of doing what the left is doing. And Swalwell can say that with a straight face. Frankly, I feel it's less absurd to break wind on television with a straight face than it is to expel that ridiculous hot air from his mouth. For for Eric Swalwell to go out there and say, the president can exonerate himself. He just needs to let people testify. Democrats have called three key witnesses already. They called Bill Taylor. Remember that a few days ago, the ambassador. They called George Kent, the deputy assistant secretary of state. They called Marie Yovanovitch, the ambassador to Ukraine. All three of these people were supposed to be the bombshell testimony. Remember that? And then Bill Taylor said he had no evidence of a quid pro quo. George Kent said it was perfectly legitimate for President Trump to ask for an investigation into Ukrainian corruption in 2016. And Marie Yovanovitch was asked, point blank, do you have any evidence that the president committed any sort of crime? And she said, no, no, I don't. She said it twice in a row. And Eric Swalwell goes on TV and says the president is stealing the election, he's committing collusion, and we need to throw him out of office for that. Four times now in this country, impeachment has been invoked. Andrew Johnson, Richard Nixon, who resigned before he could be impeached, Bill Clinton, now Donald Trump. This fourth impeachment, Donald Trump, by far the least legitimate. By far, there is so little evidence of any sort of crime. And Swalwell goes on TV and insists that we need to throw him out of office for it. And even Swalwell wasn't the most ridiculous person here. Chris Murphy, a Democrat in the Senate, went on television. And instead of just hitting Trump for the Ukraine non-troversy, he's defending the Bidens, who are actually the subject of the non-troversy, because of the corruption they engaged in in Ukraine, which prompted the call for an investigation, which prompted the impeachment in the first place. Here's Senator Chris Murphy. Now, I get that in your view, what's going on right now with President Trump is a much, much bigger deal and much more important than the Hunter Biden situation. But just point blank, should Hunter Biden have taken that role on the board of Burisma while his dad was vice president? Well, I think in an interview, Hunter Biden himself um, admitted that, uh, you know, he had possibly made a mistake. But let's be clear, Hunter Biden didn't do anything illegal. And his father, the vice president, didn't do anything illegal or unethical. And all of these attacks on the Bidens uh, and the effort to bring the whistleblower uh, in to testify are just an attempt to try to put more chum in the water and distract from the corrupt scheme that is at the heart of this inquiry. The Bidens are totally innocent. The Bidens, the Biden corruption, that's not even an important story here when we're talking about how President Trump was trying to investigate Biden's corruption. We'll get to this nonsense in a second. First, I've got to thank our friends over at NetSuite. It is very important for growing businesses to know their numbers. I've worked at a lot of companies that have just been getting off the ground, including the Daily Wire. The problem that growing businesses have that keeps them from growing is knowing their numbers. And how do you have trouble knowing your numbers? It's when you've got this hodgepodge of business systems. This is where NetSuite comes in very handy. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every single aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Gives you the visibility and the control you need to grow. So very often what happens 
I've seen it firsthand. Businesses just start out and they're using whatever software, whatever systems they're comfortable with or, or easiest or they, they just use out of convenience. And then those systems don't talk to one another. So you end up wasting a lot of time and a lot of money. You get a lot of unneeded headaches. And by the way, time is money. And those unneeded headaches cost you time and money. So they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep track of sales and finance and this and that. And they, they're not speaking to each other. Right now, you can save yourself all that hassle with NetSuite. NetSuite manages sales, finance, accounting, orders, HR instantly right from your desktop or your phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. Don't handicap your business. Go use the very best. You'll save a lot of time and a lot of money. You will be so thankful in the end. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. That's at netsuite.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. netsuite.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Go over there right now and download your free guide. No reason not to take this excellent advice. Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. netsuite.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. So Democratic Senator Chris Murphy goes on television. He says, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, they did nothing wrong. Now, of course, we know they did something wrong here because Hunter Biden came out and said that he was sorry that he did it. And he he got off of the board. He resigned from the board of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. It's like saying, hey, look, I did nothing wrong. I'm completely right. I'm totally exonerated. And by the way, I'll never do it again. Very sorry. Of course, he did something wrong. Joe Biden knows that he did something wrong, which is why when Joe Biden found out that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, he said to him, you better know what you're doing. That's according to a magazine interview that Hunter Biden gave in July. That's according to TV interviews that Hunter Biden gave just a month or two ago. Biden knew there was something very, very fishy here. Biden said in his administration, he's not going to allow this kind of nepotism and corruption. Well, if he's not going to allow it for the president, why was it okay when he was the vice president? Simply doesn't add up. Obviously, this was pretty crooked. And by the way, we're only talking about Ukraine right now. He did the same thing in China. Hunter Biden flew on Air Force Two with then Vice President Joe Biden, goes to this meeting in China, and then just coincidentally, not long after that, winds up with a billion and a half dollars worth of financing out of China. So obviously, there's a lot of corruption going on here. And Chris Murphy says, don't talk about that corruption. Talk about the impeachment. But what I have said from the very beginning is impeachment is not going to look good for Democrats, especially not going to look good for Joe Biden, because in order to talk about impeachment, you have to talk about Biden's corruption. That's what they're impeaching him over, is he had a phone call with Ukraine, President Trump, and, and Trump said, hey, by the way, look into that corruption in Ukraine and look into the interference in the 2016 election. So he's allowed, he's not allowed to do that, but Democrats are allowed to spend two and a half years investigating Russian collusion, which totally exonerated the president. And by the way, Democrats are allowed to get off scot-free when they themselves interfered and bought off foreign intelligence in the 2016 election. Now, I'm actually not sure they're going to get off scot-free. We're obviously waiting for the IG report and the John Durham investigation into how the whole Russia hoax came to be in the first place, and maybe which Obama administration officials and Democrats and, and foreign assets are culpable in the attempt to rig the 2016 election and the now known and demonstrable spying on the Trump campaign. So what I actually think is that this impeachment push is an early defensive measure 
to mitigate whatever comes out in that investigation in 2016. But regardless, absolutely shameless. And then Nancy Pelosi, the most shameless one of all, comes and puts the little cherry on top of the Sunday. She wants President Trump to testify. Does the president get, as he says, to confront his accuser or get due what process? Do confront his accuser? Confront the whistleblower? Presumably. Well, that's what I means. will make sure he does not intimidate the whistleblower. I was there, I told the president, you're in my wheelhouse when you come after the whistleblower. And this is really important, especially when it comes to intelligence, uh, that someone who would be courageous enough to point out uh, truth to power, and then through the filter of a Trump-appointed inspector general who found it of urgent concern and, and, uh, and then took it to the next steps. So uh, the president could come right before the committee and talk, speak all the truth that he wants if he you wants, don't to, expect him if to, he wants to take the oath of office, or he could do it in writing. He has every opportunity uh, to present his case. But it's really a sad thing. I mean, what the president did was so much worse than even what Richard Nixon did. But at some point, Richard Nixon cared about the country enough to recognize that this could not continue. Allow me to translate that for you. Nancy Pelosi is saying that what Trump did is so much worse than what Richard Nixon did. By the way, what Nixon did was he, his goons didn't know how to tape a door. <laughs> this is how, how the fall of Richard Nixon came because the two burglars who broke into Watergate should have taped the door up to down to keep the door open once they were stealing the documents out of Watergate, but instead they taped it side to side so a security guard was able to see it. And so these burglars engage in a dirty trick, which Richard Nixon, by all counts, didn't know anything about, by the way. And then he covered it up and then they threw him out. Why did they really throw him out? They wanted to overturn the presidential election because they were furious that Nixon won in the first place. They were f certainly furious that he got reelected. They stole the election from him in 1960 successfully, and they never forgave the guy for following uh, Alger Hiss, who was a leftist darling at the State Department, who was a communist spy. And he was called out as a communist spy by Whitaker Chambers, and Richard Nixon was the only one who believed him and went and got him, and the left never forgave him for it. That is the background that very few people talk about when you talk about the Richard Nixon impeachment. But what Pelosi is saying is what Trump did is so much worse than that. Let me ask you a question, Nancy Pelosi. What did Trump do? Because the storyline now has changed about a million times, not even just from the Russia hoax to Stormy Daniels to taxes to now Ukraine, but even within Ukraine, what did he do? You're saying it was bribery? You're saying it was a quid pro quo? You're saying it was an abuse of power, so maybe it wasn't a crime? What are you talking about? If, if Nancy Pelosi were telling the truth, if what Trump did uh, with regard to Ukraine was worse than what Richard Nixon did, it's an impeachable offense, then Nancy Pelosi would state the offense. This is how you know the Democrats are full of hot air here, is they can't even state what the offense is. I can't even state what the offense is. I follow this story every single day. But the storyline changes every day because all the witnesses that the Democrats are calling to testify say that Trump did nothing wrong. You've got Bill Taylor, George Kent, Maria Yovanovitch. Who else are they going to get to say that Trump committed an impeachable offense? Nobody. So disingenuous. So totally disingenuous. But if you want the height of gas baggery, you actually can't even stay in America. You got to cross the pond and head over to the UK where Prince Andrew, good buddies with Jeffrey Epstein, who definitely didn't kill himself, is now trying to defend his relationship with the 
possibly dead, disgraced pedophile in a way that it made me blush how shameless it was. We'll get to that in a second. Then we'll get to so very much more. But first, I've got to thank our friends over at Ancestry.com. I have been a fan of Ancestry since long before I had this show, since before The Daily Wire existed. Ancestry has incredible tools. Obviously, they have their family trees and their research technology. Then they've got the DNA kit where you spit into the tube, and now they can tell you so much more. So your genes are not just about you. Your genes are something that you share with the people closest to you. And now with Ancestry, it's not just that you can get incredible insights about your family history and how your ancestors moved around and and so much about your own genetic makeup, but now you can uncover potential health issues early that can help empower you with information so you and your family can move forward toward a healthier future. I've been waiting for a long time for this product to come out from Ancestry. They wanted to wait to make sure they got it perfect, and they have Ancestry Health. You know, some health conditions can be influenced by genetics. Ancestry Health looks at a carefully selected set and gives you insights about how they could impact you and your health and your family. Ancestry Health gives you personalized health reports that are easy to understand with actionable insights. This is the key here. They give you information that you can actually act upon. They're not just going to tell you things that are completely irrelevant because you can't do anything about it. You get access to genetic counseling, resources, family health history tool to track generations of health. And of course, you'll also receive Ancestry DNA's ethnicity results that reveal your origins. I just got an update on mine the other day. It's super cool. I love Ancestry. It's just a tremendous product. And uh, I'm just so glad they've added this product, and I'm glad that they've waited long enough to really perfect it. Learn from your genes and take action for your family. Go to Ancestry.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to learn more. Get your Ancestry Health Kit today. Ancestry.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. I love these guys. Ancestry Health includes laboratory tests developed and performed by an independent CLIA-certified laboratory partner with an oversight from an independent clinician network of board-certified physicians and genetic counselors. Ancestry Health is not currently available in New York, New Jersey, or Rhode Island, but everywhere else, go check it out. It's a great, great product. You want the real height of gas baggery? You actually can't just stick around with Eric Swalwell and Chris Murphy and Nancy Pelosi. You got to go to the United Kingdom. You got to go to Prince Andrew, son of Queen Elizabeth, who was friends with Jeffrey Epstein and took a lot of photos with Jeffrey Epstein and has allegations that he slept with some of Epstein's girls. He's finally answering questions about this. Jeffrey Epstein thought, or rather Prince Andrew thought, that the best way to get in front of this story was to go and do a television interview. This became one of the biggest PR disasters in recent royal memory. And it shows you, if you're not a good BSer, like, for instance, Nancy Pelosi or Eric Swalwell, don't go on television and try to lie to the entire world because it looks really dishonest. He got caught in a couple lies here. Here is Prince Andrew asked about his old pal, Jeffrey Epstein. What does he have to say? He has quite obviously conducted himself in a manner unbecoming. Yes. Unbecoming. He was a sex offender. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm being polite in the sense that he was a sex offender. Oh, not a great start, Prince Andrew. Now, in Prince Andrew's defense, I don't like using 
ugly words in public. I don't like it. I don't like using swear words in public. I don't even like mentioning what Eric Swalwell did on national television. It's just that itself is unbecoming. However, I'm not sure that's exactly what Prince Andrew is doing here. I don't think it's simply because of the dignity of his role and his office that he's not using this line. I think it's because he doesn't want to admit that his friend of many years, who he hung out with even pretty recently, was one of the most notorious sex offenders in history. So he says, well, you know, what he did was something, you know, a little bit um, unbecoming. You mean that he was a uh, notorious sex abuser and child sex trafficker? Well, yes, that's what I meant. Then the interviewer gets down to brass tacks, asks Prince Andrew about sleeping with Epstein's harem. For the record, is there any way you could have had sex with that young woman or any young woman trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein in any of his residences? No. Um, and, and, and without putting too fine a point on it, if you're a man, it is a positive act to have sex with somebody. You have to have to take some sort of positive action. And so therefore, if you try to forget, it's very difficult to try and forget positive action. And I do not remember anything. I can't, I've racked my brain and thinking, oh, well, when the first allegations, when the allegations came out originally, I went, well, that's a bit strange. I don't remember this. And then I've been through it and through it and through it over and over and over again. And no, nothing. No, no, nothing. I don't, I don't think, I don't believe that I remember that if I were to have slept with the girls, I would have had to put my little mini royal into there. And I don't believe if I... So I'm scratching my head and it's just not coming up then. A very bad excuse. You could just say no. You just say it didn't happen. Okay? If it didn't happen, then you come out and say, nope, didn't happen. If you want to leave yourself leeway, then you need to pretend like you might not remember. Look, I don't have a great memory either, okay? And Prince Andrew has been seen out partying and he's had a bit of a colorful life. So I could understand if your long-term memory is a little hazy. If you regularly frequent the private residences and islands of the world's most notorious sex trafficker filled with young and underage girls, I, I think you would remember that. I think you would remember whether you slept with any of them or not. I don't think it would be confusing. I don't think you'd have to rack your mind and say, did I, did I accidentally trip over a rock on Little St. James Island and perhaps fall on top of one of the... You wouldn't do that. You would just, you either did it or you didn't do it. The fact that he's now backtracking and he, he used to deny these allegations, now he's saying he can't remember. Not a great look. Then the interviewer keeps pressing and the interviewer keeps going off the rails and so does Prince Andrew Cop do it? No, he puts out even more hot air. Uh, we will get to that in a second when Prince Andrew was asked why he stayed at Epstein's house after Epstein was convicted for child sex crimes. We will then, of course, get to Chick-fil-A. Just after Kanye West memorializes Chick-fil-A's wonderful Christian values in a rap song, Chick-fil-A totally gives in to the radical left. We will get to that. We will get to the, the left's fury that a hunter killed her own food and the consequences of ecological sin. But first, I have got to thank our friends over at Quip. 
You can see my pearly whites. What do, you, what do you know about those? It's very important to have nice, clean, white teeth. And there are fewer healthy habits that are more important than regularly brushing your teeth. That's where Quip, makers of the Quip electronic toothbrush, comes in. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. Makes it so easy to stick to a healthy brushing habit, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. I really like Quip because it's very slick. You can put it in your travel kit. It's not like a giant bazooka cannon. I used to brush with just a regular toothbrush. It was basically like brushing with a stick like I was a caveman. And your teeth just get yellow, especially if you're like me where all you drink is coffee and tea and booze and smoke cigars. So you got to be able to brush your teeth regularly. Having an electronic toothbrush is just so much better. I can't even fathom now going back. Quip makes it slick easy. They time it for you. They take all the guesswork out. And by the way, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping. You don't have to worry about it. The routine is always right, and you're not going to be trying to squeeze that last cubic millimeter out of the toothpaste tube to try to brush your teeth for three weeks. Join over three million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25. If you go to Get Quip, dot com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That is your first refill free at getquip.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Quip, the good habits company. Uh, we have got to get to, well, the rest of Prince Andrew, because it shows you a lot about our own leaders too. Then we've got Chick-fil-A. Then we've got the moral incoherence and idiocy over hunters and the bizarre term ecological sin, which we're now hearing from people around the Pope. But first, we've got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. In honor of the truly hilarious self-owned by Liz Warren, Liawatha, Focahontas, tweeting and saying that she's selling a billionaire tears mug on Shopify that will actually enrich the Shopify billionaire founder, Toby Lutke. Here at The Daily Wire, we are offering 20% off on our All Access and Insider Plus subscriptions when you use the promo code Warren Tears. Warren Tears. You could save heap big wampum with Insider Plus and All Access. You can get the incredible Leftist Tears Hot or Cold Tumbler. Today is the last day to join. So again, it's the last day is today. Promo code Warren Tears for 20% off your subscription. Come join the fun. You get, look, you get so much when you join the Daily Wire. Me, the Andrew Clavin Show, the Ben Shapiro Show, the Matt Walsh Show. You get to ask questions in the mailbag coming up on Thursday. You get to ask questions backstage. You get Another Kingdom, the third and final season, and you get that Leftist Tears Tumblr. Dailywire.com will be right back with a lot more. Okay, so you've got a masterclass in gas baggery from Prince Andrew, a masterclass in how not to comport yourself in public. First, Prince Andrew's asked about his old friend Jeffrey Epstein. He says it's unbecoming to have sex with children. Then he's asked whether or not he sleeps with the young girls. And he says, well, you know, I can't quite remember. I don't think I did. No, it doesn't sound right. Then he's asked why he stayed at Epstein's house after Epstein was very publicly convicted for child sex crimes. And you know Prince Andrew's answer? He's just too damn honorable. But you were staying at the house of yes. a convicted sex offender. 
it was a convenient place to stay. There was, I mean, I mean, I've gone through this in my mind so many times. At the end of the day, um, uh, uh, with the benefit of all the hindsight that one can have, um, it was definitely the wrong thing to do. Um, but at the time, I felt it was the, it was the honourable and right thing to do. And I, I admit fully that, 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 that my judgment was probably coloured by my um, tendency to be too honourable, but that's just the way it is. Oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. So you, did you hear there are two excuses in here. He said, they said, why did you stay at that convicted sex offender's, child sex abuser's house? Well, you know, it was very convenient because the prince, a British prince, cannot afford a hotel room. It was so convenient, you know, it was much closer to the airport than the Marriott, so I just felt I would stay there. I, I'm pretty sure the prince can stay wherever he wants in the whole world. I think he's got other friends. I think he can go to other private residences. Pretty sure he could stay at the top floor of the Ritz when, whenever he wants to. So that's the first excuse. And then the second one, the second one is so great. He stayed with the convicted sex offender because he's too honorable. This is the excuse you hear like in job interviews. They'll say, what's your worst quality? And then when it's a kid right out of school, they'll say, you know, I think my worst quality is probably, uh, I'd say I probably I care too much. You know, I just work too hard. And so it's really, sometimes it's really hard for me to separate my my work life or my professional life because I just give too much to the company. That's my problem. I'm too good. I'm too good. Prince Andrew's, what I, I, I guess it's because Prince Andrew has never had a job in the way we think of jobs. He's never had a job interview, that's for sure. And so he gives this absurd line with a straight face. Instead of just, if he just came out and said, yeah, he was a friend of mine. Obviously, I was associating with a disreputable character and I shouldn't have stayed with him. Okay, it's not a satisfying excuse, but at least it's, you can believe it. And then finally, Prince Andrew gets caught in a lie. He's asked, wait, hold on a second. We see pictures of you holding the bare midriff of these underage girls with Jeffrey Epstein at Jeffrey Epstein's place. Well, doesn't that seem to be incriminating? And he said, it couldn't have been me that the accounts that these girls are describing where we had sweaty sex can't be real because I can't sweat. That's what he said. Here he is. She described dancing with you no. and you profusely sweating <laughs> and that she went on to have Bath, there's a, there's possibly. A, there's a slight problem with 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 the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat um, or I didn't sweat at the time, and that was oh actually yes I didn't sweat at the time because I um, ha had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at. Uh, and I simply, it, it, was, it, was, it was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat. And it's only because I have done a number of things in the recent past that I'm starting to be able to do that again. So I'm afraid to say that, 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 that there's a medical condition that says that I didn't do it, so therefore... Oh my God, dude, why on earth? His PR guy, his, his publicist, quit when Prince Andrew agreed to do this interview. He should have quit long before that. I mean, he's still going to get some blame here. Who on earth prepared him for this interview? Because 
photos have since come out showing Prince Andrew at parties surrounded by women sweating. I, I couldn't have had sex with these girls because they said that I was sweaty and I can't sweat because I was shot at during the Falklands War. What? Very bad gas baggery. And it's it's important to see this because the royals are always kind of a kooky family and it's especially the ones who are a little more degenerate than, than the queen who is really just a model of grace. But when you watch them just fall apart under this kind of scrutiny, you look back at our own politicians and it, it gives you a certain respect for them because they're so shameless and they're so practiced and they're so skilled at it, but they're just as full of it. And occasionally just a little evidence of that hot air squeaks out of them, such as Eric Swalwell on live television. It's the same sort of gas baggery. And what they do is they gaslight us. I know these are puns. I'm actually not even doing that intentionally. <laughs> these, at least not anymore. These, this gaslighting is what's so offensive to us because these people, Prince Andrew, I guess, most ridiculously, but Pelosi, Swalwell, Chris Murphy, these guys go on television and they tell us not to believe our own lying eyes. They tell us not to believe our own lying ears. They're trying to force a narrative on us that is obviously untrue. And people really don't like being lied to. I've found if you're just straight with people, they appreciate that. You know, President Trump during the 2016 election more or less came out and said, yeah, here are all my flaws. Okay, I've never pretended to be a saint, but uh, here's what I'll do for you. Here's what I'm promising. And I, I won't lie to you. I'll talk straight to you. And generally speaking, by politician standards, he has done that. If Democrats think that they are going to win in 2020, and that is what all of this circus about impeachment is about, if they think that they're going to be able to win in 2020 by continuing to push a false narrative, by continuing to tell the American people not to believe their lying eyes and ears, then they are going to lose. And it doesn't matter how many candidates are in the race. More candidates are entering the race even now because Deval Patrick entered the race. We haven't even talked about that because, eh, who cares? But, you know, they had 25 candidates. That wasn't even enough because they are not dealing with any relation to reality here. That is not going to serve them in 2020. And if they want to have any chance, any chance in hell, they've got to deflate themselves, expel the hot air, presumably or preferably off camera, and deal with the reality of the, the political situation. I'm not holding my breath. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A caved to the left after years and years of defending their Christian values. You know, they're closed on Sunday, as Kanye West recently rapped. They would donate to a number of Christian charities, but, you know, really unobjectionable charities like the Salvation Army. They caught a lot of flack from this, for this, from the left, because the left hates Christianity, so the left doesn't want them to donate to Christian charities like the Salvation Army. And they say that it's because the Salvation Army discriminates against homosexuals or something, but that isn't true at all. Anyway, after years and years of this, Chick-fil-A has caved to the left. And I think I've, I'm the only person who's a little bit relieved to hear this news because for years I've had to pretend that I really like Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I don't. I don't really like any fast food chicken sandwich. Fast food hamburgers are much better than fast food chicken sandwiches. But I've had to pretend because Chick-fil-A has been such a good company and such a symbol of conservative resistance to leftist cultural tyranny. And now they're not. Here's what Chick-fil-A said. Quote, 
As Chick-fil-A expands globally and into more liberal parts of the U.S., the chicken chain plans to change which charities it donates to after years of bad press and protests from the LGBT community. Or this is this is from the, a report, obviously. So beginning next year, Chick-fil-A will move away from its current philanthropic structure. After donating to more than 300 charitable organizations this year, the Atlanta food chain will instead focus on three initiatives with one accompanying charity each, education, homelessness, and hunger. So they've gotten all this bad press. They're expanding their business, and they don't want any more bad press. A couple things to learn here. One, Chick-fil-A is going to learn this if they haven't learned this already. For most companies, with a few notable exceptions, if you get woke, you go broke. If you kowtow to the leftist mob, you will collapse. Look at Dick's Sporting Goods. Takes guns out of there, their sales drop tremendously. That's going to happen to Chick-fil-A here. They're basically saying, hey, all of our conservative supporters, we don't care about you. We're going to try to get forgiveness from the woke mob. By the way, you're never going to get forgiveness from the woke mob anyway. They're just going to ask for more and more and more. But the other thing that this shows you, which is important in conservative debates right now, is perfectly free markets, perfectly economic views of politics are insufficient because let's say that Chick-fil-A's decision to stop donating to the Salvation Army, to more or less apologize for being Christian, let's say that that decision increases the bottom line by 5%. I don't know. I'm just pulling a number out of thin air. Let's say that that were to happen. It would still be bad it would be bad for the culture. It, we would have a better culture if businesses made 5% less but actually stood for some values, actually helped to maintain our American culture and at least pay lip service to the faith that founded our civilization. That would be better. And that's not what's happening here because Chick-fil-A is selling out to mammon. Seek ye first the kingdom of mammon, I guess, is what they're saying. Salvation Army has issued a statement because their Salvation Army is losing donations from Chick-fil-A, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and the Paul Anderson Youth Home. Here's what Salvation Army had to say, quote, We're saddened to learn that a corporate partner has felt it necessary to divert funding to other hunger, education, and homeless organizations, uh, areas in which the Salvation Army, as the largest social services provider in the world, is already fully committed. We serve more than 23 million individuals a year, including those in the LGBTQ plus community. In fact, we believe we are the largest provider of poverty relief to the LGBTQ plus population. When misinformation is perpetuated without fact, our ability to serve those in need, regardless of sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, or any other factor, is at risk. We urge the public to seek the truth before rushing to ill-informed judgment and greatly appreciate those partners and donors who ensure that anyone who needs our help feels safe and comfortable to come through our doors. Very good statement. I've always liked the Salvation Army. I was like to put a buck or two in their their uh, pots when they're ringing the bells at Christmas time. Absolutely pathetic stuff here from Chick-fil-A. Absolutely pathetic stuff. What is going to be the effect of this, of this LGBTQ leftist activism, is that this charity is going to get a lot less money. They're going to be able to do a lot less good. But it doesn't matter. They don't care about doing good. They just want to virtue signal. And what is the virtue that they're sending? Sure doesn't look like a virtue to me. Chick-fil-A is not the only company doing it. Sprite right now, Lemon Lime Soda, is testing out an advertisement in Argentina. And I watched this advertisement a couple times. I don't see anywhere in the advertisement where they mention 
Sprite Soda. Here it is. For those who can't see, who are just listening, I'll describe the scene. You've got a mother painting makeup onto her transvestite son. Throughout the whole commercial, you've got these, you know, a mother binding the breasts of her young I guess transgender child, so a young girl who wants to be a boy. The mother is binding the breasts up so that the girl can more closely resemble a boy. And throughout the rest of it, you see parents coming out and just affirming the gender identity of their child, regardless of that child's actual biological sex. Now, one thing that's missing from the commercial, I'm not casting aspersions on this kind of bizarre commercial, at least not yet. One thing that's missing is Sprite. Where's the product? Where's the soda? You're not selling this at all. What you're selling is this really weird ideology where you're forcing gender ideology on children, on actual children in this case. I don't care if somehow this increases Sprite's bottom line by 5%. I don't think it will. But even if it did, I don't care. I want a good culture. I want a culture where we can say, hey, forcing sex and gender ideology on 10-year-olds is a bad idea. I want a culture where we can say, hey, if you want to donate to the most famous homelessness charity in America that's been around for a very, very long time and has always done great work, you can do that without being called a bigot. I want to live in that culture. I want to live in a culture where the CEO of a company can be a Christian and not threaten his entire corporation over it and not be forced to kowtow to a small but vociferous leftist mob. Andrew Breitbart very famously said politics is downstream of culture. That's true. Culture is also downstream of politics, okay? And there are policies in this country that are encouraging this sort of culture. Policies which always privilege, for instance, atheism over the religion that founded our country, Christianity. Policies which force sex and gender ideology on children in schools. These, these sort of policies are, are, are affecting our culture. And we, when we think about politics, we want as much economic freedom as is possible. Economic freedom is a great thing, allowing people to do what they want with their own property and their own labor and their own money. We also want a culture because you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have a coherent society, all that money isn't going to buy you very much. Before we go, I have to get to this. A woman, a mother of three in New Zealand, is, is now saying she's faced death threats because she shared pictures from hunting trips which show her carrying animals' carcasses away after a hunt. She's gotten death threats for this for posting it on social media. I think this would be fine if she wanted to take the animals and cut off the heads and put them on the wall. I think this would be fine if she just wanted to leave the animals and let other animals eat them. But what she's actually doing is killing the animals and then eating them herself. She's feeding her family with these animals that she's eating, or that she's hunting, rather. And part of the reason she's doing this is because she thinks it's more sustainable, it's better for the environment, and it's better for the health of her family than using a factory farm. So the people who are environmentalists, who 
are terrified about global warming should actually support what this woman is doing because it's really talk about farm to table. She's going out, killing her own food and eating it takes out so much of the environmental impact of factory farming. But it doesn't matter because people want to virtual virtue signal without any sense of virtue. I gave a speech last night at the University of Kentucky. Uh, go check it out. The speech is online. It's called Babies Are Not People. It was a lot of fun. The Q&A got pretty feisty, too, because we had some, uh, uh, I think the people are called groipers. They're uh, critics of conservatives from the right who showed up also, and we had a fun Q&A with them. So go check that out. But the thrust of the speech was that in America today, if you disturb the nest of a bald eagle, you'll be fined a quarter million dollars and go to jail for two years. But if you kill a human baby at any stage of, of development, practically, you'll be applauded as a great defender of freedom. I mean, if you kill a baby after birth in Virginia, the governor of Virginia says that's perfectly fine. That is a bizarre moral system. Right now, Speaking at the 20th World Congress of the International Association of Penal Law in Rome, the Pope, Pope Francis, said, quote, we have to introduce, we're thinking about it, to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the sin against ecology, the ecological sin against our common home because a duty is at stake. Far be it from me to ever criticize the Pope, but consider this a filial correction, very respectfully. There's no such thing as a sin against ecology. You cannot sin against ecology. Sin can only be against God and those made in the image of God. We are the stewards of creation. Now, of course, we can abuse those things, and to abuse creation is a transgression, but sins can only be committed against people. We are in a culture now. I mean, it's why I bring up the Chick-fil-A example. It's why I bring up the extreme of that, the Sprite example. We are in a culture that is getting things, not just a little off-kilter, but actually completely backwards. We're now living in a culture where people who hunt animals for their own food are getting death threats, but people who kill babies are being celebrated as heroes. That is a, that is a shameless culture. That is a culture full of hot air. That is a gas bag culture that is telling you not to believe the reality that we're all seeing in front of you, but instead to believe the narrative. And unfortunately, at least on the cultural level and, and on the religious level, some people, a lot of people, have gone along with that narrative. Don't do it. Put a little pinprick in it, deflate that gas bag narrative, and let's all come back to reality. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. If you missed the speech last night, go check it out. Babies are not people. You can find that on the Daily Wire YouTube channel. And then I will see you tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. The evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Rebecca Dobkowitz and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. 
Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera, and our production assistant is Nick Sheehan. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, but ABC did kill the Epstein story, and that's just the beginning of the web of corruption that is exposing the Democrat media complex, even as it tries to convince us that Trump is the bad guy. That's on The Andrew Clavin Show. I'm Andrew Clavin.